What's up, what's up, everybody? You're tuned in to the Del C Show. And of course, I'm your host, Del C. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. And I cannot believe the month is already over. Wow. Um, yeah, it's basically going to be over. So we we'll say happy birthday to... I'll stay. Yeah, I'll start off with the birthdays because, of course, I got some 
all type of news to get into today. And again, as always, I like to thank the listeners for tuning in to the show. Um, maybe I'll have a guest um, this week. Who knows? Um, start off with uh, Serena Williams, who just turned 41. Little Wayne, who just turned 40. And who else? Um, Don Cornelius, rest in, in um, paradise. Happy heaven, heavenly birthday to him. Let me see, who else? Also, Trick Daddy, happy birthday to him. His birthday just passed. So this is obviously um, Libra season. Um, who else? Cindy of In Vogue. She celebrated her birthday. And I think that's it. And unfortunately, <clears throat> on September 24th, another rapper was killed. This is a female. Lada Cass Desto was shot and killed in Houston. She was a Memphis, she's a Memphis rapper. She was shot and killed in Houston. Her SW was SUV was hit multiple, was hit with multiple bullets and possibly two other people shot and of course, you know, we gotta do better. Too much, too much of this is going on. You know what I mean? Too many people, too many of us is getting shot and killed. It's already, you know, like I said, we're already dealing with this type of stuff anyways in the street. I don't know what happened, if it was a road rage, how, what, you know, how this occurred, you know, it just, it's just a crazy situation. You know, and from my understanding, she was about to blow up. I have never heard any of her music, you know, so I'm going to be very, very honest with you. I did not hear any of her music. And um, but my condolences go to her family and to the other two people that were shot. My condolences goes to them as well. Um, Okay, now let me get into the DJ academic, which is no longer a DJ, which he said when he was on the Breakfast Club, he called himself, you know, no, he did. He was, you know, supposedly you know, they invited him to come on the Breakfast Club to explain himself after making the comment about hip hop pioneers being dusty or looking dusty. Um, 
but he explained it a little more how he feels that they should be sharing the game, you know what I mean? Giving back. Um, so, you know, I, I listening to everything he said, right? I still don't agree with him. And once the damage is done, some things you just cannot take back. I'm sorry, that's, that's just the way it is. You know, even for me, when I say things on here, you know, I apologize and, you know, it's, I'm not, like even where he is, why? Like he's saying he's not, you know, that well known. Some people still don't know who he is because he doesn't, you know, network enough, or he doesn't, you know, put himself out there enough. Um, but I knew him from his interview, like I said, with XX and and being with uh, Six Nine and when he was doing the struggle where he had, uh, when he was with Joe Buttons and, you know, and all that. And other people that he had on the show, he got confronted by a few people because of how he came off. Um, but, the contribution to the culture, you know, I mean, letting, letting him explain himself. How he said when he came to, because he lived in Jamaica, he's a Jamaican. So he said he learned how to say the N-word when he came here to America. So he's using it frequently. He's using it all the time like everybody else. Um, and then he's talked about his beef, his issues with Meek Mill, which I didn't know because like I said, I don't really follow him like that. I know of him and that's where it stops because he's I'm not really all that interested in anything that he has to say, you know, but that of course, when he said that ignorant comment about hip hop pioneers being dusty, then I had a problem with that or being part of the conversation to try to down, you know, Tupac or try to, you know, so now you're coming back at them. And he still didn't reveal who the person he was, um, the he was talking about. He didn't reveal that rapper, but he said the rapper did respond to his comment. I wanna know who it is, I'm curious, because I heard my son say something, um, I heard, we heard uh, uh, Russell Simmons say something, LL say something. So I think that's it, that I really heard speak on that, you know? So uh, was he talking about my son? I don't know. Because my son is not a dusty, dusty rapper. He doesn't look dusty either. So I, I don't, it, none of those ones, he said he admired LL or whatever, but he misunderstands some of it. He agreed with mostly everything he was saying, you know, but he's still defending that, that some hip hop artists are still dusty. Okay, so, you know, people are still gonna say what they, and then he addressed the, 
thing about talking about um, Reginae Carter, that which is, um, of course, which is Little Wayne's um, daughter. So about saying he, and then she said, sometimes he act like a bitch. And he, I guess he said, these bitches or whatever, and he said, I shouldn't be using that word. No, you should not. Um, but at the same time, this, bro this brother is going to have many issues. You know what I'm saying? Because he looked up to Charlemagne to God, you know, where, you know, at one point, I'm going to be, I'm going to be very honest. At one point, I really didn't care too much about Charlemagne to God either. And he almost got himself. He had somebody chase after him or whatever some years ago. And, you know, of course, um, B.D. Siegel was about to check him. Um, of course, Fredro Starr of Onyx was about to check him. And of course, let's not forget about that famous, well, he came on there to check all three of them. Um, as y'all done or y'all finished? <laughs> Put some respect on my name. Let's, let's not forget about baby. Let, let's not forget about, let's, let's not forget about that. You know what I'm saying? Birdman, let's not forget about that. Let's not forget about that. When Birdman came on there and he called himself checking them. And of course, here goes, here goes, <laughs> here goes um, Charlemagne the God being smart. Did you check Rick Ross like that? You know what I'm saying? And he, of course, he has, of course, you know, that was a crazy one. It could have, um, put him in a bad situation. But Charlemagne the God was the first to give, um, he was the first one to give actually um, academic his first interview 13 years ago or so, 2013. He started um, trying to do this radio thing or whatever. He'd admit he's bad at networking. He said some are dusty. Um, he said they should be schooling on him, talking about older rappers, criticizing instead of passing the game to the next generation. Pass on the knowledge, basically, is what he's saying. So I think the OGs and the new school need to get together and bridge this gap. Because, I mean, if you look at Rhyme and Reason, like I watched that that show, that's over 30 years or so, or so. You know what I'm saying? When I watched that Rhyme and Reason in the show, and they were kind of talking about that. You have members of uh, the Farious Five speaking, and you had... Curtis Blow speaking on, when I say I'm the founder of hip hop, they act like I'm taking something away from them. You know what I mean? So it's almost like even back then with the artists in the 80s to the 90s, there was some conflict. You know what I'm saying? 
between, you know, the young and the old um, on the respect level, but it's not nowhere where it is now where it's super disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was coming off how these, how these people, how these artists are. You know what I'm saying? They haven't even really got their foot wet and even get it in the door and they're already trying to diss some of the old, some of the um, artists back in the days. What do I want to do? I want to talk about the Jeffrey Dahmer situation or do I want to take a break? Because this that's a lot to talk about. So first I'm going to talk about this. Um, six nine, he went to Russia and he started basically dissing Brittany uh, Griner. That's the basketball playing during the Russia trip. You're scared to come here. Um, F her, this and that. He was saying all this stuff. Um, then he talked about his issue with PNB. They had issues with each other because everybody was saying that you know, a lot of people don't like um, Dikachi. You know, a lot of them don't like him because of his mouth and his arrogance or whatever. So I think when, when um, P&B Rock got killed, of course, Dikachi was running his mouth saying a lot of stuff because he was saying stuff about him, about wishing him dead. So, I mean... I'm not trying to never come to um, his defense, but I mean, that's where they were with each other. So if something happens to, you know, me, I don't wish death on nobody, even if I had an enemy, you know what I mean? I wouldn't wish death on them, but that's me. Um, so, I am going to get into the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, but I'm going to say something that this is even back. This is back in 92 or whatever. When all this went down, there was a song that, that our ex clan came with and the guy, brother Jay said this, this is a line. He said, I remember all the times that you called me an animal. But in Milwaukee, there's a cannibal. He didn't say his, he didn't say Jeffrey Dahmer's name, but that's who he was talking about. Then in 2000, whatever, 14 or whatever, that um, Katy Perry decided to release this song with Juicy J. Juicy J, everybody's talking about the line is corny or whatever. Um, so she had us. In this, it wasn't her that said it, so nobody can't really come at her for that. Um, so it goes, she's a beast. Call her karma, she'll eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. 
So that that I don't even know. Like the other, the verse that Brother Jay said, you understand why he said what he said. Why he said, you know, why he said it the way he said it and why he said what he said. Because of what we've been labeled. So that's what he was addressing. This right here that Juicy J was saying, I don't, I don't really understand the reason why he decided to use Jeffrey Dahmer's name in his rap. And the part about she'll eat your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer's, that's kind of, that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to, to the um, victims of, you know, the family's victims and the victims that were killed and possibly eaten because he ate their body part. But I'll get into that in a, in a minute. I'm going to take a quick break. You know, I don't take breaks. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll be back is what I'm saying. Um, I need to go handle some, I need to handle some stuff. So y'all keep it locked. I'll be back because this, I have a lot to say on this, on this um, Netflix um, series. Um, Dahmer's monster story of Jeffrey Dahmer's. Dahmer. Anyways, keep it locked. I'll be back. Boy, I can't wait to get 
What's up, what's up, everybody? You're tuned back into the Del C show, and of course, I'm your host, Del C. Okay, it's, it, I have a lot to talk about as far as um, this Netflix um, series that is um, based on. the murders of basically based on Jeffrey Dahmer's the serial killer, the monster, the cannibal, because he ate people's body parts. There's no other way to put it. Now, you're going to see, if you try to attempt to watch this, it's not going to be easy for you to watch. I had to take a break. I personally had to take a break because it was too much for me. The fact that somebody would do what this man does, and he's not the first to do it. You know, he's not the first to do something sick like this. You know what I mean? But he is, he is, he is absolutely crazy. I remember way beyond crazy. He's, he's um, sick. He's sick. He was, you know, and uh, both parents you know, put the blame on each other. But when you have your kid dissecting um, animals and at a young age and 
doing things of that nature, you would think, yeah, it would make your mind a little twisted. You know what I mean? And the fact that his mother wasn't there like that, she just, she was absent in his life like that, you know, walked out of, you know. So he was a quiet, sick kid, um, a curious kid. I So I think all of this began when he was doing stuff like that. And the fact that his father admit that he had these thoughts, but he did, he, he just didn't act on it like how his son did. That's the thing. He didn't act on, on that behavior like his son did. You know, how the killing began is he realized he did this to this person and then he, you know, it wasn't the plan, you know, uh, it was an event, they wanted to have drinks, and the guy was ready to go, and what does he do? Hits him in his head, does whatever he does to his body, and, you know, eventually he moves out, get his own place, this is when more killing begins. You got to keep in mind, he killed 17 people. So for 13 years, he was out here murdering people. And he could have, and he could have murdered more because the police wasn't doing anything. The police was not, there's, there, there was um, in this apartment where he started doing more killings and People begin to smell things and people begin to hear a lot of weird noise. And Glenda Cleveland was the first one to really step up and say something about him. Now, there were some survivors that were able to escape from, from um, Jeffrey Davis. And they were able to testify in court because it's going to, it leads up to him being in court and he is killed. To me, I felt like it was karma. Even though he was trying to change himself, the damage has already been done. As they say, as you heard Rick Ross say in a, in a song, God forgives, but I don't. And a lot of people that were going to forgive him, but never forget, obviously, because you took their, their kid's life, their, their um, uncle's life, because he only killed men. But he killed the little boy that was 14 years old. 14 years old, and the police basically gave the boy back to Jeffrey Dahmer's, and he ended up dead. They kept, they kept asking about his name, asking about his name, but they did not do nothing. So here we got this crime. All of this is taking place 
in a black community. First, he started doing his killing at his parents, I think his grandmother's house or whatever. Um, so that's when that began. But when he got that place of his own, then he began to be doing more killings. He would bring them, he would drug them up, he would give them something to drink, put something in the drink, have them all like zombies, like dizzied up or whatever. He would, I guess, have sex with them. And then that's when he would attack them and kill them. And then, you know, dismantle the body or whatever, do whatever he has to do. And he would take some of their, their body and he would eat it. He would cook it or do whatever sick, twisted thing he would do. But luckily two victims were able to get away. Um, and you know, if you go back and you listen to the clips of one of his friends was basically throwing the parents under the bus saying that that Jeffrey Dahmer was molested and you know, all this stuff. Um, I don't know if Jeffrey Dahmer was, was bisexual or homosexual because he did make out with these people, but he also made out with dead corpse. So I don't know what that was about. I think all it took is one crazy thing to make him, you know, the father was trying to figure out where this could have came from, where his behavior could have came from, where did it all start? On the movie, you get Jesse Jackson getting involved in this because it happened, they didn't see it as being their problem because these, these most of these men were gay, but he felt, and he's right, that this was everybody's problem. It wasn't just because the majority of them was gay, plus the fact that he killed a 14-year-old. His brother almost ended up dead too, but he was able to escape. But like I said, Jeffrey Dahmer exists because when the police don't do their job, now she, this woman told them several times and they ignored her. They ignored her, didn't listen to anything that she told them. So a lot of these deaths could have been prevented. Definitely the 14 year old boy that death could have been prevented if they just would have paid attention to what she was telling them instead of brushing her off. But then they got upset that they're going to be charged. But I think they were only more concerned about So, I'm sorry, I lost, lost you for a minute. No music in the background, it's just all me. Um, 
So Jesse Jackson was talking to um, of course the lady um, Miss Cleveland about the situation and she told how scared, you know, how she dealt with him and she dealt with the smell in the in the apartment how she made complaints to the landlord to search his place how she told the police to search the place and they refused to do that the mother felt like he shouldn't have went to jail he should have went to a mental facility and um both a lot of a lot of the victims um fit of of the you know a lot of people of the vic family of the victim felt like he needed to be locked up forever which they basically gave him life 90 years in jail he's all he was already 30 just 30 something or whatever so that definitely would have really affected, you know. But the father, you don't know if he's good or bad because that's his son regardless, right? He put out a book and it was this weird comic book that was out. I remember hearing about all this stuff when I was a kid when I was, you know, much younger about this guy and all this stuff that he was getting. Um, I also remember when he got killed in prison, you know, who was, who was, who was really worried about it? Who was really worried about it? Because, I mean, he wanted to be executed. He wanted to be taken out. He knew what he did was wrong and he wanted to punish be punished for it because he this is you you know psychologically his mind is messed up like he knows what he's doing he knows it's wrong but he does it anyways i'm not talking about you know doing an error or something like that um at home or whatever i'm talking about somebody that's killed 17 people brutally like this this um what's the, the the guy that did pulp fiction this is like i would have pictured him doing a movie something like this because this involved a lot of blood what he was doing to these people And the, the sad thing is the family did not approve of them doing this story, bringing all this stuff back up and people are having nightmares. People probably still haven't gotten over this and it's been so long because why these are their loved ones that they're never going to see again because this sick individual took their lives at such a very early age when it just makes you see that
you, def you definitely can't trust a stranger because these people were around him. They was talking about when you hear the guy, I mean, you can go look at the actual real people in court because there were people that spoke on the incident, especially the, the, the victim that got away. Speaking on the incident, you could check that out. You definitely could check that out to see what he's what he talks about, how he got away. You've seen it in the movie, but I'm saying like you see how he how he gets how he gets away. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Can you imagine handcuffs on you? You got a you got a knife on you. He's trying to tie both. He's trying to put both handcuffs on you, and basically kill you. So that trip to the bathroom saved you, where he's not really paying attention. His mind is not there. Where you were able to get away. So at Oxford apartment. Um, after Dharma's death, they wanted, she wanted to do like a memorial to remember all the people that this sick man killed, but it never happened. They never built, they, you know, once they destroyed that, they destroyed that whole entire apartment. Once they destroyed that apartment, that was it. I don't know what they else they didn't do what she wanted them to do. You know what I mean? So, but I, I you know, I got a tons of things that I wanted to say on this about his sick fans and all this. This could bring these people up again. Like, how could you be fans of a killer? They treated him like he was a superstar. So I think the guy that eventually took his life got tired of seeing him be praised after doing what he did and he studied him he asked about him to get information on him he got his information on him and he went after him and he killed him um no words can say how all this feels or how it would feel for the family because i'm so i'm so like I don't know, like, so I don't know what words I can say to describe what, you know, what, what would make somebody do what he does? What would make somebody want to kill, kill somebody and then destroy the destroy the remains or whatever and then you decide you want to eat them like where did all this come from it came i'm telling you it came from his father by having him do what he did to the animals i think he got obsessed he got fascinated by that and then obsessed with it and it made him want to do that 
And if you look at him, he just has this blank look on his face. When you look at a serial killer, somebody that's just, you know, but he pretend to have remorse. He pretend like he was honest about everything that he did. But I think me personally, I think the, the, the po police department failed that his parents failed. Everybody failed because this guy was able to get away with killing 17 people. And you watch this, this man do what he, the police officers that were there when this woman was trying to tell you what was going on and you let this kid get away. You let, you let, you let Jeffrey Thomas walk away with this kid and kill him. So all you, all the cops that were there that night or there during the day or whenever this situation happened, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be, you, you had, you, if you have any kind of conscience, you should feel because then you didn't really care. You just want, you had the luxury of going home to your parents, to your family, to you. You know what I mean? You had the luxury of doing that. These victims didn't. They didn't probably know that this would be, that would have been their last time on this earth with somebody obviously that they trusted They trusted him, and what did he do? He killed them. He killed them. Sad. And he, I'm trying to see what else I left out on this. There's just so much um, on this. But the parents, like I said, were not. I think everybody failed in this situation when it comes to Jeffrey Dahmer's, the people that were in his life did not do enough. I'm gonna just be honest, they did not do enough because 17 people wouldn't be dead. The parents did not do enough. They didn't do enough. The police did nothing why these people were getting being killed when this woman told you over and over and over again and you choose to ignore it. Now, I'm gonna change the subject. I think I talked about that enough. There's so much more to talk about on that situation. It's very sad, heartbreaking, you know. Don't ever think that something like this couldn't happen to your family, because it could. We just gotta pray that this Nothing like this will ever happen again. <laughs> I'm gonna close the show up. Okay, let's let's get to little Bootsy in his situation. He released a movie that he put together that he is the executive producer and he's starring in. He said he was the only celebrity that showed up at his premiere. 
very sad, very, very, very sad. And I said on a post, where is the love? See, it's not just in Boston, it's everywhere where people do not show love. They do not show support. Where was his people at? Where was his people? Where were the, where were the celebrities? I know Boosie know a lot of people. He's cool with a lot of people, but they didn't show up. Listen, I'm going to get off because it's been a long day. And I got a long day ahead of me today. So listen, y'all, y'all stay blessed, stay positive. There's going to be, remember to always let your loved ones know you love them because tomorrow's not promised to no man, woman, or child. On that note, on say peace out. There is going to be a show, what I would, not Friday. Well, it's going to be Friday. I can't say it's not going to be Friday. Um, definitely going to be a Saturday show. And that's it, y'all. I'm out. Stay tuned for, for, for that Saturday show. Well, Friday and Saturday show. I'm out, y'all. One.
let's not rush the things Cause we got a night girl to just do a thing So right now why don't we just dance and conversate For a while girl Cause you're so fine to me And you got a beautiful smile I'm really digging your style, digging your style. Baby, can we just relax and chill? Let me know just how you feel. Let's just keep it all the way real with me, cause it's nothing but good vibes. So sooner or later, everything will come into play. Baby, right now, I'm asking you to stay. And I'll promise I'll keep that same smile on your face Baby, just come over to my place Cause anything can happen After the party I said after the party, baby After the party You can just come over to my place Tonight if you wanna see What I'm all about just come and see me after the party, baby, after the party, I said after the party, I'm so glad you're here with me after making love to me. It was everything I thought it would be You gave me that good love to me You fixed me breakfast after that You was my dessert Now we're just living it up We living our best life It ain't nothing wrong with living a good life That single life but this is more than just a one night stand It's, it's like a stand. fantasy There's no place in the world that I'd rather be I'd I'm so glad you chose To spend the night with me, night with me. Yes, baby, a lot went down Maybe I can't get used to Having you to this, around So baby, let's just do it again I want this love affair to never end So tonight, I see you after the party I said after the party After the party You can just come over to my place Tonight if you wanna see What I'm all about Just come and see me after the party Baby, after the party I said after the party